Quaker. We started coming almost 20 years ago. What brought us to Grace, we, we had heard things. And we both grew up in small churches and didn't know what a big church would feel like. But when we got here, we saw excitement. We saw life. And it just gave us the enthusiasm to want to stay on and see what God had for us here at Grace. We could come and we, we would know that the people on the platform, they weren't just giving their opinion. They were teaching the Word of God. We were hearing God's Word. And we were seeing people change. We were seeing people busy doing what God wanted them to do. We just thought, you know, if this is where God wants us, we are going to be involved. I really enjoyed uh, working with the children's ministry. And my most favorite age group was the fourth and fifth graders. Plus, I also enjoyed the women's ministry and the choir. Leaving Grace Fremont wasn't that hard of a decision. I wasn't leaving Grace Fremont. We were going to start Grace Tiffin. You know, we had been praying about it. I had been praying about it because of retirement changing coming up. You know, God, how do you want to use me now? You know, how can we help touch other people with what you have touched us with? It was an opportunity for us to continue to serve, but in a greater way. And when I came to Christ, Christ gave me such a desire for missions. And with that, I have the opportunity to touch others' lives with the gospel. You know, to me, launching the church in, in Tiffin, that is exhilarating. It's, it's been exciting. I'm seeing men whose lives are being changed. I'm seeing men that have realized who Jesus is in their lives and become baptized and being different. It's, it's tremendous. I think it's reinforcing where God's been directing us, which is encouraging, helps us become stronger in who we are, helps us become bolder and who God wants us to be, helps us be able to share Christ with those around us better. Launching a church at Tiffin has been very exciting. It's been exciting to see people grow and learn and want more of Christ. What we've gained through God using us and using Tiffin Grace, you can't measure those gains. And what it can do for us to lift us up as, as better Christians and giving us opportunities to serve that maybe we didn't have in Fremont, but we do have and are willing to step forward and let our gifts being used in, in Tiffin. It's, it's been exciting, and, and I want to see more of it. I don't want us to stop. I don't want us to stop. Let's keep moving forward. Some of you haven't seen the Wikers for a long time. We've been showing videos really about how people have come to Christ but then today, we kind of wanted to shift that and focus on how people are mobilizing their, their lives, demonstrating change, deploying for others, getting involved, and serving. So uh, we are kind of wrapping things up. Before I jump into our, our last segment of EO3, I have a kind of a personal announcement to make. Shouldn't really be doing this, but hey, I'm a granddad, so I can brag. Uh, Myself and Pam and John and Patty Wookie are all proud grandparents of a new grandbaby right here, uh, Sophie Jane. So I didn't, ma I didn't mention Bree and Jake, they're just the parents, so they don't really matter. But the grandparents, you know, we're excited about that, so cool stuff. We've been talking about everyone on three. And, uh, and, of course, we know what that means, right? That's three campuses, three goals, three years. We're going to wrap that up today. But this is also, ha have you ever been in a football huddle? Do you know what everyone on three would be like, right? 
It'd be everybody puts their hands on one, two, three, everyone. Let's do that, all right? We ready? Do not disappoint me on this. Do not disappoint me on this, okay? Hands in, hands in. Everyone on three. One, two, three. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll try that again at the end if I think about it. And maybe, uh, maybe we'll be doing a little bit better than that. I don't know. All right, but uh, we're talking about giving up, you know, getting involved or wrapping it up. And uh, it's commitment day, kind of time to turn in your cards if you want to be involved. And again, if you're new, I keep saying this, this is a little different for us. We don't do this every Sunday. This is, this is kind of the thing that we do internally about every three or four years as we refocus and figure out maybe some challenges, some hurdles that we can conquer. And uh, please don't feel that I want anything or we want anything from you. That's not the case. So during these last previous three Sundays, we've learned that the sign of a true believer is joy, generosity, and wanting to make things right in our life. If we've harmed somebody, we want to make that right. And then we also learn that God is generous, but we have a responsibility with what God has been generous to us with. We have a responsibility, and not only that, that we are accountable. And then last Sunday... We talked about the motivation of giving, we talked about the measure of giving, and we talked about the impact of giving. And today, I, I just, I'm going to keep it kind of short because we have a, a response time, some things happening at the end of our service today, and, uh, but I do want to share some things briefly, some more truths from Jesus. And I want to start with one that's in the Sermon on the Mount, that's in Matthew 6, and we're going to be looking at verse 19. Jesus talked about money a lot. We see that mostly in the book of Luke. But, but here's Matthew. It's all over the place. We don't talk about money near as much as, as Jesus did. But here's what he said in Matthew 6, 19. Jesus, in his most famous sermon, he said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So here Jesus is offering us wisdom on money, and he's telling us how we ought to view it, how we sort of could could use it. And here's what he's telling us with this wisdom. He's saying, first of all, just know this, our money is temporary. We've already talked about how it's a gift from God, how God's generous to us, but we only have it on this earth for a while. And so storing up treasure, that being our focus on earth, it will not last because soon, a lot of times sooner than we think, we will be parted from it, parted from our, our riches. And we have no choice. I mean, that's going to happen at some point. And, and, and then we have no say in the matter, or we can choose to give now. There's an old saying. How many, tell, I'm gonna ask, how many of you have heard this after I say it? Do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. Anybody ever hear that before? It's a, Wow, not that many. I should use that more often. I didn't realize. Yeah, I thought everybody knew that. All right, do your, living while, do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. There's a lot of truth 
in that. So he says, Jesus is telling us, hey, our treasure, our money, it's just temporary. And we're accountable on how we, we already learned that. But here what he's saying, it's temporary, but our treasure or our money is a tool that we can use to lay up treasure in heaven. Money is a tool that we can use for eternal blessings, is what he's saying. So, and he does that different ways. God will reward our generosity back to him. When we give money back to God, he's telling us God will reward that. But generosity, as we've been talking about, is part of God's plan to reach people. It's part of it. And when we give to God's plan as an investment in heaven, the rewards are eternal. Think about it this way. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. And whether it's in our lifetime or not, it's our responsibility to take the gospel to all of our neighbors and all the nations everywhere in the world. Our responsibility, and that's what we're trying to do. And then we also need to remember that heaven is our real home. You know, our time on earth is temporary. We'll be, as a believer, we'll be in heaven for eternity. Our citizenship, Scripture says, is actually in heaven, and we are just ambassadors here on earth. And so we tend to store our treasure where we believe our home is. And for all of us who are believers here today, our real home is heaven. And, and here, here's, you guys know, if, if you have been around for a while, a lot of times I do this self-reflection where I always think, what's it gonna be like after I die? Like, what will I wish I would have done? Well, it's the same way here. I'll think, if, if I die this week, or I die 20 years from now, it doesn't matter, but what will I wish I would have given to? What will I wish I would have done to make a difference? Because once we, there's some things we can't do in heaven that we can only do while we are here on earth. So God gives us our wealth. It's temporary. But God's saying he's made a way for us to be able to leverage it for eternity and it's important how we do that. It's important how we use money. And then the next thing he's talking about in this passage is because he's telling us it's important because our hearts are shaped by how we use money. That's where he's saying where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You want to know what's important to someone? Well, look where they spend their money. Where their money goes is what's important. As believers, we should have a significant portion of our income going back to God to honor God because that's where our heart should be. Just like if you invested. Say, you know, you heard about some company, maybe some new startup company in Fremont or Clyde, and, and they were getting going, and wow, this looked like a slam dunk, so you're all over it, and you invest. The more you invest, you know what happens? The more interested you are in what's going on in that company, right? You're going to be, look, you know, if it's, a, if it's a 
initial stock, I mean, you're going to be looking at the stock prices. How, how, how's this going? How's this company doing? You know, what are their revenues? You're going to be looking at all that stuff because you've invested. The church should be the same thing. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And please understand, I, I know many of you in this room, may, maybe most of you, sure, hopefully most of you, have invested in grace, and, and you support our ministry. And, and all I can say, and I can't say it enough, is thanks. Because of your investment, we take that seriously, and we actually want a return on that investment. And so that's why in that brochure that we handed out a few weeks ago, if you didn't get one, there's some at the information table today, that at the end, it's talking about how many people came to Christ? How many people came into church membership? How many people were baptized? And when we're saying, hey, between six, 700 people came to Christ in the last three years, that's something that we're always looking at. It's not all about numbers. It's about return on investment. It's about being effective. It's about using our resources wisely to where we get the most bang for our buck. We Think about that type of thing all the time. Every week we talk about issues like this. Every dollar we spend you know, for advertising or just anything we spend money on is what's our ROI on this? How will this impact? How will God leverage this? Is this going to be worth it? And God instructs us not only to give for the work of the kingdom, but also to serve um, but I think the giving part, it allows us to keep the right perspective on our life because it helps us keep the right perspective on money, which is a huge part of our life. And then that, if we do that right, then it allows us to live a balanced life like God wants us to live. It's all connected. That's why Jesus was talking about it so much. So in this segment of his Sermon on the Mount, he's saying, hey, money's temporary. Your treasure on earth, temporary. Your treasure is a tool. Lay up treasures in heaven. And that your treasure tells you where your heart is. It reveals our heart. And then there's a last point that I want to make. And basically as we swing into this, um, it's, it's our heart as a leadership of grace, and I hope almost all of you, that we leverage our resources to impact more and more people for Christ here in our area, which is important, but also around the world. And we do that by serving and by giving. And so before we continue, I want you to, to hear one more story uh, for another couple regarding service, Brian and Krista Walton. I'm Brian Walton. And I'm Krista Walton. And at a young age, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior in a you know, small country church here just south of Tiffin. And I also went to the same church, and as a child, I accepted the Lord as a Savior. We continued to go to that church, um, grew up there, started serving, eventually got married, and then we had five kids. As the kids grew older, we started to see that they needed the opportunity to find friends that were their age, which wasn't available at our church, and we needed to find friends that were like-minded, and 
I started to feel the nudge that we needed to go somewhere else and see if we could find that for them. So in November of 2016, uh, we attended our first uh, service there in the Fremont campus. So after, you know, attending several Sundays in that, the, just the good, sound biblical teaching and preaching that, uh, that we sat under, we just felt comfortable and knew that this was where the Lord is, was leading us and where we could get plugged in and actually serve with our, with our family. And so we did, uh, we attended the Connect class and then also the uh, serve class and was able to get plugged into the to the cafe. So we were able to get involved with serving coffee to people and just giving them a smile if they needed it for, for the day if somebody is coming in and they're just not having a good day or we got to make friends with other people that we were serving with. So we really hadn't been serving uh, that long, maybe three, four months, six months in, in Fremont to when they announced that we were launching one a campus here in Tiffin. And so at that at that point, maybe it took a took a little convincing because it was awful hard when you start getting plugged in at Fremont that now that uh, they have another transition here to Tiffin, but uh, we knew that God was leading and knew that we were gonna be involved with the kit Tiffin launch. We were all in. Transitioning from Fremont to Tiffin, we've just enjoyed um, serving again in the cafe and Brian serving in the tech. And we've made a lot of new friends, and it's just a joy to be able to see people every week, you know, just serving them coffee. And it's been also a joy just to see our boys just to start to step up and to um, serve in the tech area. What, what would I say to someone that was like me that sat in that pew or sat in that? cushy seat for two, two and a half years, that when you feel that nudge from the Lord, you need to step up and listen. Because there's, there's people coming each week that are hurting. And maybe just that smile, maybe a word of encouragement, you can be instrumental in that person's life. You can be a blessing. And that's what I think the opportunity that's serving here at Grace has given Krista and I to be able to reach others for the kingdom. So sometimes we, we just stop and say, you know, why EO3? We're already making an impact. We're already reaching people. But, you know, that Tiffin launch, it came from something just like this. And so even though we feel that we're making an impact, we're, we're going to find that Jesus is teaching us, hey, there's way more room to make impact. The, the, the field is ripe. I mean, the harvest is ready, and we need workers. We need impact. We need people making a difference to do that. And Jesus actually talks about that in another place in Matthew. If you skip three chapters ahead or three chapters Beyond that, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, he had done some healing. There's a bunch of people following him. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom, it says. And then in verse 36, talking about Jesus, it says, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. So 
just pausing there, Jesus feels compassion. And so as we are followers of Christ, we should feel that same compassion for all people who don't know him, whether they're in our family, at our work site, or around the world in in Ukraine. Wherever they're at, we want to focus on the harvest that Jesus is pointing us to. He never viewed people with contempt, so neither do we, because people who are followers of Christ reflect the heart of Christ. And, uh, and that's the way we want to be. We, it's just as simple as we've been given this amazing gift of salvation and that we see other people that sometimes are rough and, and maybe somebody who offended you or can be just offensive in general, whatever the case, it's like we have compassion on them because we want them to receive the same gift that we've received. We want them to not only understand the gospel but, but get a full hearing of it, time to contemplate that, talk to a friend or somebody they trust who's embraced the gospel so they can embrace the gospel. That's what we want for everybody. And and then no matter where we're at, well, here's the way Jesus said it. He continues in verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He has compassion. He's looking out. He's like, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few are few. He's saying, see all these people around you, see this harvest, they need to be reached. Everybody. For us, that's our our difficult boss or our unfriendly neighbor or that person in our family that we've tried to talk to and they sort of just ignored us or put us down. Hey, God has put us into their life for a reason. We're the hope and the light for them. And we want to take action. We want to leverage that position that that he has given us. Every human being with a soul, soul has an eternal destiny. Every human being has an eternal destiny. And we're called to make an impact. And two of the ways to do that, give and serve. Then Jesus says something fascinating to wrap this little section up. Next verse is verse 38. Check this out. He says, therefore, okay, you see the harvest? Hey, he feels compassion. See the harvest. Pray for workers. He says, therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Beseech just means ask. Ask God to send workers into his harvest. Now, here's what's fascinating to me about this. Who's he talking to? Well, by the context we know he's talking, it says he's talking to his disciples. So he says to his disciples, see the harvest? Pray that God will send workers into the harvest. And they're probably thinking, well, what are we? You know, he's talking to the workers and saying, send more workers. And that's exactly what we want to do. And we should get this, say, start praying. God will send workers in the harvest field as we do the work of ministry. All of us, all of us have a role to play. And we should pray that way. Lord, as I give and I serve and I share the gospel, Father, we pray for for more workers for the harvest. 
that we would be more effective to gather more into your kingdom. And a side note, you know, in EO3, there's actually, this is baked in toward one of those three goals is to train workers. We're all, we should all be involved in ministry, but we're also focused on training people for full-time ministry. If, if, that's, if they want a vocation in ministry, we here at Grace, we want to train people to do that. And so that's what we do. That concept's ingrained in EO3. It's embedded right into the plan. That's what we want to do. Here, here's the thing. I've been leading Grace for about 30 years. I truly believe that the next three years we can do more, I, I believe we will, that we will do more to impact the kingdom than we have ever done. I believe that. And part of doing that is this project EO3. It's where we're saying, hey, we're reaching, we're doing, we're seeing people come to Christ, but look at the harvest out there. We need more workers. We need to make this happen. We need to strategize, and hey, is there a way for us to step up our game? What could we do? What more could we do? How better could we do it? That's what we're talking about. So this is Commitment Sunday, so... Uh, I, I hope you all kind of caught that. Uh, there's a card in your bulletin again, and if you haven't brought a card, you might just want to pull that out. And, uh, and let me just say something. This week, we met with some of our leaders here on the Fremont campus, and, and just some of our leaders. And we sort of polled them and asked them what they thought that, that they could do. And this week, we had commitments of uh, $398,000 committed already before. Yeah, that's something to clap for. Almost $400,000. We're in this. We're in this together. You want to hear something more amazing? Tiffin, a campus that's half our size... They met with less leaders, and they had commitments of $800,000 already this week before this Sunday. And some, there's a little confusion about this. Our campuses are separate in our finances. We're all doing EO3. We're all doing projects that go along with this, but they're all slightly different, fine-tuned for each campus. And so we're moving forward, and it just kind of comes down uh, to this point. Um, but before we continue, I, I just want you to see, having been here a long time, it gives me a little, and some of you have been here as long as I have, but it gives me a little different perspective. Because several times over and over in the history of our church has been moments exactly like this. And some of you haven't been able to see that. And so I want you to see that 
as we do this song. Faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm 
grab your card. Uh, I'm going to just walk through this one more time. Um, up here, I think you guys got it. I mean, I just did this earlier. We're just looking at those two boxes down at the bottom. Uh, when you're ready to do that, uh, just go ahead and fill that out. Um, that second box is sort of a today or next Sunday kind of a gift. Um, and then we have these three boxes up front. And in just a moment, I'm going to stand you, and I invite you to just move forward and uh, put your cards or your gifts in, into that box. There's also one right back there on the sound table. There's one back on the information table. Uh, there's one more thing I want to tell you is um, we designed these cards, and they actually had a name slot uh, that, that in our campus I took it off. Uh, just didn't want to pe people feel weird about that, but... Uh, but then I realized this week that there's some actually some things where that can help. Sometimes people call in and ask us, hey, do you remember what I committed last year to this and this and this? And, and of course, with my system of leaving the name off, no, we have no idea. And also sometimes people will say, can you tell me where I'm at? Well, if you want that kind of a support, then just put your name on the white side, flip it over put your name on there, like here, I, I got Kevin and Pam Pinkerton on ours, um, and that's, that can do a couple things, then we could know what that was, so if you ever asked, we could tell you. If you wanted, we could send you quarterly statements, see how you're doing. I just didn't really think that was, that everybody would necessarily want that, but, uh, but if you do want that kind, you know, we would love to have your name on the back, and we'll take care of that stuff for you. Either way, of course, we do your tax stuff, so... Um, you have that advantage when you're doing your taxes. Again, if you need tech help because you're with your phone and you're not a real techie guy like me, like I'm not, um, and you're like, yeah, I need to adjust. I got this set, and now I need to adjust it. We have people right now in room one that could help you. So when I stand you, if you want, you can just go back. You can hand them your phone and watch them and tell them what you want, and they'll just do it for you, and it'll be done. Um, although it might be a little easier to do it on a computer at home. And so now's the time to prayerfully consider. And basically, we just, we just want you to, to indicate, again, this is all over and above what you normally give, how God might be leading you. And so if you would like to be involved, we'd like you to just take a moment and seek God's will to do that right now. If you need to have a sidebar, with your spouse, that might be appropriate, whatever it takes. Right now, I'd like us to stand together and uh,
we're, getting, we're singing a song, and it's during this song that, that we want this response to happen. So during this song, or even before, just come up, put your commitment cards in one of these three boxes, or at the sound table, or at the information table, or go to room one. Feel free to move around as we're doing this. God's done great things here at Grace, and he's not done yet. Every 
can break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken to life, oh Jesus, I sing your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things, you have done great Thank you so much for being here and want to see you back next Sunday. We are not talking about money next Sunday, although we will announce the results of what God has done today and whether you are involved in EO3 or not, it takes everyone. So let's try this again. Hands in. Everyone on three. One, two, three. Everyone. You're dismissed. See you next Sunday. Have a great day.